Hi there, welcome to Talk Canicross. I'm Janetta George. And I'm Gail Walker. We're here today to talk all things Canicross, the fun way to get fit with your dog. So each month we'll be joined by a special guest or two. We'll hear from professionals, regular Canicrossers, and also dog and human experts in their field. It will be real people and real stories. So we hope you'll join us, whether it's for training tips, dog talk, or just for fun and encouragement. This is Talk Canicross, brought to you by DogFit. And don't forget to hit subscribe and keep in touch with all things Canicross. So hi, and welcome to our latest Talk Canicross episode. So are you someone who's keen to try Canicross, but you've got a reactive or anxious dog, and therefore worried as to whether it's something you can do safely? Or are you already doing Canicross, but you're one of those people who ends up running on your own or very early in the morning because you don't feel confident about your dog running alongside other dogs? Well, don't worry, you're not alone. Many of us have got reactive dogs um, or dogs that are in need of some socialisation skills. And at DogFit, we often get asked by our customers whether it's okay to take part in Canicross with them. Well, I'm pleased today to say that we hope to give you some reassurance that having a reactive dog shouldn't put you off doing Canicross. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Um, we believe firmly that it's a great activity and training tool for your dogs. But anyway, don't just take um, mine and Janetta's word for it. We have Christine Barber with us today, who is an experienced dog trainer and also a dog fit Canicross instructor who specialises in reactive and anxious dogs. And she's here today to answer all your questions about running with reactive dogs and hopefully give you the peace of mind and confidence to give Canicross a try. So first of all, hello, Christine, and welcome. Hello, thank you for inviting me to talk. Oh, yes, we're really pleased to have you um, on this episode today um, and to be able to share your experience with everybody. And also um, what would be good to start with is, is tell us a bit about your background and what you, why you chose to do what you're doing now. Uh, well, I actually started with I was that person hiding behind a bush every time someone walked past with a dog, um, with one of my dogs, to be honest. So um, I'm talking from a place of intimate knowledge about the sort of terrors of having a dog that reacts and is sensitive to people and other dogs. Um, and that's where my journey starts, really. So you started that and then obviously you you've how long have you had your business for your oh, dog training business for? Yeah, I've been a well actually full-time dog trainer for two years about two and a half years Um, and before that I did it a bit part-time helped with uh, sort of local dog classes and stuff like that as you do Uh, but then I decided once I when I got my dog um, who had massive issues um, I decided to actually go into it a lot deeper I did a number of diplomas and um, I've got um, an advanced canine behaviour and psychology diploma from the Pet Education Training and Behaviour Council. Um, I'm a master tr- dog trainer with the Guild of Dog Trainers, um, and I'm still currently waiting on finishing my advanced high certificate in dog behaviour and training professional practice. But unfortunately, COVID has um, rather interfered yes. with bit in that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was, a, it was a journey that I went on following um, my naughty but nice or sort of naughty little dog who really just couldn't cope with the rest of the world. Um, and now she demo dogs for me in my classes. So she's come full all the way through. That is amazing. So it sounds like um, you've had great success. And I guess now you want to share it with others because I'm just curious as to, you know, you've, you've obviously, as a dog fit instructor, you've focused to, um, especially on reactive and anxious dogs. So, um, you know, is is there a particular reason why you decided to go down that route? And also, why have you, you know, selected Canicross as the activity that will help with reactive dogs? 
Or Izzy, my reactive dog, or was my reactive dog, She one of the first things I identified with her was the fact that she needed a job. Um, it's something that I find a lot with dogs who are reactive. They're amazingly special animals, reactive dogs. Um, they're my favourite. And if someone said to me, here's a normal dog or here's a reactive, I'd take the reactive every time. And the reason is yeah. they are so normally highly intelligent dogs and very sensitive, and that's why they find... With, without special, not special, but without careful handling, they find life really difficult. Um, so she was like this and I noticed she needed a job. She was too clever. So I started by canna crossing her. Um, and that's how I started her journey. She now does a number of different dog sports, but Canicross was a thing that really, it was nice and simple, something that was easy for me to access and I could crack on with it. But the reason I actually moved on to wanting to help other people is because I really identified from sitting there in the back of an obedience class of 10, um, about 20 foot from everyone else, shoving sweets in my dog's mouth, trying to keep her from lunging and barking as they went round in heel. Um, I realised quite how isolating it can be. Um, and then having met other owners uh, with similar problems, I realised there's not very much support out there for those with dogs which people class as antisocial behavior um, and there's not much understanding either so it was really something that I wanted to do for not just dogs really but just to support the owners as well because they're as much in need as the dog is yeah that's absolutely brilliant you know and one of the things that um you know we do try and encourage people to come along with their dogs obviously when we're not in covid times to join a canny cross class because we know it can be so transformational but just lovely to hear and there's probably people listening to this that think they can't possibly starting this sport or join in because um you know their dogs are reactive and they're embarrassed that their dogs aren't you know they think everyone else coming along their dogs are perfect and they'll be doing everything as they're, they're told um so it's just encouraging to to hear that you're you've you obviously focus on on helping those people in that journey so obviously at the moment because we are in covid times people are running on their own but what would you advice would you give to people thinking of starting canny cross um they've got the kit you know would you tackle a reactive dog in a different way when you're starting out what what would your approach be an advice for them well, I think you first thing you want to do is out before you even start running is there's a couple of bits that I would like I would suggest is teach your dog a stop. Um, make sure you've got a really nice stop um, with your dog. Um, make sure with the kit, hopefully what I would suggest with the kit is have with a big dog, only have a short line, like a one meter, because what you want to do ultimately is you still need to have control of your dog um, throughout. I would also sometimes what I suggest is a grab handle, um, which is like a very small sort of like bit of lead with a clip on it. that You can clip to the harness. Um, and if you have got a particularly big dog, you can then use that to hold them in your side, which um, gives you that bit of control, a bit more confidence when you're sort of passing or other people pass you. Um, I also would say, um, muzzle training your dog is a really important thing to do because it gives you the confidence and you un you feel a bit more secure in yourself um, which I think is is really important for the handler as well you start in a new sport you're trying to teach your dog something new at least if your dog is muzzle trained and he's wearing a muzzle you know that if someone else's dog asbo dog comes running up to you then you know that nothing nothing massively bad can mm -hmm. happen yeah I mean it's interesting you mentioned about muzzle training because 
we we often get that uh, get asked that question um is it fine to run a dog in a muzzle because they might be used to walking them in a muzzle but is it going to affect their breathing or their ability to take drinks and you know etc so it sounds like you're saying it's absolutely fine but there's probably um certain things they need to consider around that not just any old muzzle no, definitely. It's really, really important. The first thing I'd say is always get your muzzle fitted. Now, I know it's really difficult when you possibly got a dog who's reactive to people, but it is a really, really important thing because what the dog needs to be able to do is it needs to be able to pant, um, which is obviously with the breathing and the overheating kind of things. And it also needs to be able to take a drink. And there are muzzles out there, the sort of the Baskerville kind of muzzles that are the ones that, that are like, they look like cages almost, um, made of plastic. Um, they're the ones that you want to be looking for because they, they look massive and scary, but actually they're that big so the dog can open its mouth fully mm -hmm. and with unrestri no restrictions to it, as, to it at all. Yeah, and um, and we run with quite a few people that um, obviously are wearing their dogs are wearing muzzles. So we've I think there is a blog post as well um, about introducing a muzzle to your dog. Um, two interesting points that you made though, which was really good, um, is obviously having your dog on a shorter line um, rather than a two meter line, one of the short PR length lines, and obviously the grab handle kind of near the dog so you can pulling close um, and kind of work together on your training. I, I guess I know you specifically do work with people with reactive dogs. Um, what benefits have you observed that, that Canny Cross has bought for their, their dogs in terms of um, taking up the sport? Perhaps you can share a couple of stories with us. Yeah, sure. Um, I've actually got two really good clients at the moment, um, which they won't mind me talking about their dogs. I won't name them, but I'll name their dogs. Wow. Um one of them is called Buddy. He's a, a Jack Russell pug cross. He's a gorgeous little chap. He's got the heart of a lion, but he was always a bit worried about other dogs. Now, um, one of the things I would always, this, I'm just going to add this as a suggestion to people. If you do decide to go running with others, when once we're allowed to again, um, <laughs> it's really important that you try and make sure that the other dog is of generally of a calm nature. Now, I've got two different type of dogs that I do canicross with. One screams its head off because she's so excited. She's just like literally off her head and she'll scream the whole way around. The other one is my Labrador, who he is placid, calm and laid back. Now, I wouldn't run my screaming hooligan um, with a nervous dog um, because it just will wind the nervous dog up, get them anxious, and then they'll start, we'll have barking fits and all sorts. So just that's one thing to sort of think about. But so with Buddy, what we noticed was he um, he just, he was worried about other dogs. He's only a little chap. Um, and I, we, I started by taking him out with my Labrador and my cocker spaniel actually um who he actually is absolutely madly in love with now um so <laughs> what we've noticed is that before whereas when other dogs were around he would be he'd start to stiffen up he would want to pull over and then he'd be barking and whirling on the end of his of his lead um as we've progressed through the running he actually he just all he cares about is watching where his girlfriend is, my cock spaniel. And he was just now running <laughs> past other dogs without a care in the world about them. And um, we even have now, we go places um, where there are other people whose dogs, as I call Asbo dogs, they will just run up and, mm -hmm. <laughs> and actually he, even with them, he copes, he doesn't bark. He's not happy, but he runs past always keeping an eye on, on his girlfriend up ahead, um, which is a real progress for him. But 
but also his mum has noticed that actually at home he's a lot more relaxed as well so it's not just in the running side of it he is much more relaxed she says every time she gets her she's got a dog fit bag with all all of his running gear in it and when he when she gets that out apparently he's to the door like a shot he can't wait to get in the window trying to see where where he's going and when he's going to see his girlfriend next so um, (laughs) yeah he's a, a little sweetheart so a point in that is it can be a small dog as well as a big dog small dogs will work just mm. as well and actually um they had to go on their own and um i was driving home from somewhere and i actually saw them running and he was pulling like a right trooper i thought oh i wish i'd got a camera and i wasn't driving i could take a phone <laughs> it looks so good um so yeah so if you've got a small dog don't worry you can take them too they're, they're great as well um the other dog is fred now fred <laughs> you know those Labradors who um, jump on from a standstill will be able to um, jump four foot in the air and kiss you on the face and and just a hooligan, really. And his mum will not mind me calling him a hooligan because he is. I love him to bits, but he is a hooligan. He was probably one of the most reactive dogs I've ever seen and absolutely off his face with excitement and barking and lunging with any dogs, any people. Um and he's started canning us. He's he's much he's not as far down the journey as Buddy is. So we've still got a way to go. Um, but what we're finding is he's now coping up better with people. He's still a bit of a struggle with some dogs, but people used to trigger him, and now we're able to run him past people most of the time without any reaction at all whatsoever, and actually able to run past them. Because one of the things that I would do with a reactive dog is when one of their triggers is coming past, I generally would say tuck in, feed, feed, feed with little mm. bits of food, try and keep their attention on you, um, and then resume your run when you're past them for the first at least right. a few times um so they get confidence in it and then what i would do is once we're, we're happy with that i then say let's try a little jog past but be aware you might have to pull them in quickly if they go so we don't start straight away with just trying to run past things because that mm-hmm. would end in disaster so it's a, a mix of running and walking <laughs> tends to be um but to be honest it's not a bad thing because um, what people also don't always realise is our dogs need time to get fit too. Although they're much better at it than we are, they're much fitter, better able to cope. Um, they do still need to get used to the pulling and the actual um, way that Canicross works on their bodies. Yeah, and, and of course, um, one of the things you, you've just mentioned there is is you know people with reactive dogs you know, probably exercise them a little less because it's harder to take them out and they're worried about it. But actually, canny crossing does exercise them really well. So as the byproduct of that, you get the tired, happy dog at home um, that's been well exercised um, and kind of it's enjoyed its walk and uh, together with the owner, which is brilliant. Yeah, because on the back of that, because Christine, you mentioned um, earlier on that it's as much about the owner and training the owner as that is the dog. And I guess, to Janetta's point, you know, I know from personal experience, I've got a dog that can be reactive, but when he's um, canny crossing, he's he's brilliant, and he's just focused on the job at hand. But I know I'm also super confident, and I'm sure that has a, a bearing on it. But, um, yeah, just interested to know how much, when you when you meet clients and their dogs, they come to you, obviously, with an anxious or reactive dog, but how much time are you spending on the person as much as the, the dog? 
Um, <laughs> 75% is the person generally. It really is. It's, um, and it is, we're all the same. It's what happens is when we, we have this little, I call, it's like the reactivity cycle um, um, of anxiety that the hand, the dog sort of is a bit barky and lunges a little bit at some other dogs and the owner becomes aware of a problem. They then tense up while they're holding their dog every time a trigger that they've identified passes, um, at which point the dog becomes like, well, why is she getting stressed? There must be a problem around here. Um, I, do I need to bark more? Um, how do I deal with this? So the dog does bark and lunge more, which then makes the handler more stressed. So you've got this vicious cycle. And one of the really good things about Canicross is um, because the belt is, at, the lead is attached to the belt rather than in the handler's hands, then they aren't, sort of transmitting the stress when their shoulders get tight and they tense up none of that goes down the lead and plus the fact with the bungee cord as well there's just it doesn't transmit to the dog which means all you're getting at that point is the um is the dog and a little bit of what he's picking up from the handler just in general um but i think yeah it it's really it is really good um, to see when the handler starts to relax. You can then see a really big difference in the dog usually. Yeah. And it's quite amazingly instantaneous when that does happen. Yeah, it's, it's amazing yeah. how much they, they pick up from us and our, our body language. And as you said, it's not being transmitted down the lead because obviously you're wearing the proper canny cross belt. Um, so with a dog that kind of actively barks a lot, and I've got experience with one of these... <laughs> Um, and but she's an anxious she's an anxious dog and she wouldn't be a lunging pulling forward dog she'd be kind of slightly kind of uh, looking backwards um, but barking through anxiety so if you were out canny crossing with a dog like that right at the very beginning what advice would you give someone to help kind of distract the dog or apart from the fact that obviously you are running and, and but if you were on your own for example do you have any tips on that? Um, what I would tend to say is you, distance is your friend. So the more distance you can put between yourself and whatever your dog is anxiously barking at, the better. So this one of the reasons with my clients, what I say is we're going to do running when we can, um, but we're going to tuck in when we have to. Now, one way to do that is to try and run where it's a little bit quieter. Now, having a reactive dog, people with reactive dogs will always know the quietest place because it's where they always go. <laughs> stressed and they're like, I want to go where there's no people. Yeah, and when it's five in the morning and pitch black, I know. <laughs> with a head torch. <laughs> if not, I'll just hide behind this car here just until <laughs> we've all been there. And you still would use those techniques because they're really good coping techniques. But the idea is if you can put distance rather than visibility. So my idea is if the dog can see the, the, the distraction whatever it is that he's worried about but be far enough away that it can still take a bit of food you're at about the right level because then you can feed drop give it some little bits of food perhaps scatter a bit on the ground we're not talking a lot because bear in mind we are running here yes course meal um, <laughs> more issues but just little tiny bits of chicken that they can snuffle for in the grass or that you can sort of give them bits of pieces and then what happens is they start to um they're still aware of the other dog but they start to learn that actually it's not an issue and it's actually none of their business the, the dog is nothing to do with them and they don't need to worry about it um, is what I would say. The other thing that is important thing to think about for those with reactive dogs is 
think about places like local to us we've got a national trust gardens called stow gardens and you i mean at the minute you pay to go in but it's got dogs are allowed on leads so this is a perfect place for people who have got react dog reactive dogs who want to do canicross because actually they've got nice usually got nice big paths um the dogs have to be on a lead it's one of the rules which means you're not going to have your asbo labradors running over and bouncing all over you i'm allowed to say that because i have got a labrador <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so it's a really nice place a really consider look at some of the places you can go and it is important as well when you've got a reactive dog not to avoid people altogether or other dogs altogether it's more about making sure that the interactions that you have with your dog is successful so that will be moving across giving some distance between your dog and 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 the the other thing that they're worried about it will be um giving them something else to focus on. One of the things that worked for my reactive dog is she gets rewarded by being able to drag me faster, is what I call it. So when we, she can see, when she doesn't like men particularly, particularly when they're walking on their own without a dog, she doesn't trust them. She thinks they must be up to mischief. Um, so what happens is she would normally, she would have gone over to go around them and sort of like want to nip them is what she'd like to do. But what she does now is she looks back at me because she knows that when we've got level with them, I say, go, go, go. And she flat out runs, dragging me along. Um no breaks at this point um but it's her reward so she hasn't doesn't need food actually in that instance that is her reward she loves to run and as she loves to drag me as fast as she can so that for her is pure pleasure so it's become a bit a bit of a game then isn't it yeah she identifies that that person yes it's an opportunity to get a treat to drag mum um and that's what <laughs> she does so that's fascinating i mean i've got a, a puppy he's almost a year now and uh he's he's a little bit barky at people and it's a lot a lot of the time it's when it's dark or a bit dusk and he's a bit uncertain of things so i've been doing some of that you've been suggesting about um getting him to, to distract him and use treats so for someone like me i guess it's handy because i've been practicing while we're walking because he's not ready to canny cross yet but i'm obviously going this has been really useful talking to you today because i'm going to try and continue that when i start canny crossing him but i'm also hoping that just running alongside dogs he knows um because we've got three other dogs so at least i can go out with my husband um at the moment and we can run with our other dog who pulls brilliantly we've got staffy who who's a real puller and i'm hoping that's going to teach him how to pull but also i can practice some of those tips that you gave about um scattering treats or you know but it's keeping the distance i think that's the key thing but not and them still seeing that that um barrier whatever it is that they're anxious about yeah so yeah thank you a re- really good tip so there will be people obviously listening to our podcast today, um, and they'll be wondering thinking well I'd really like to try it but I am a bit nervous that my dog's gonna struggle because it is particularly reactive and hopefully talking to you today it will give them some reassurance but Christian what would you personally say to someone who is unsure and thinking about whether or not to give it a go I would say give it a go um I think Let's be honest, your walks themselves are probably a bit fraught anyway. Um, so why not give this a go? You'll always, your dog will always be on a lead. So you're not going to have to worry about about your dog running up to anyone because they won't be able to. Um, you're, if you are concerned, get yourself muzzle trained, get a muzzle on him. So even if a dog runs up to your dog, you're not, he's not going to cause, he or she's not going to cause any harm to anyone. Um, and I say, just give it a go. What? You may find initially that they get a bit worse. That is quite normal, that they may get a bit worse for a few weeks because you're upping the um, excitement and the arousal level in the dog, which means that they can make more bad decisions. 
um, when they are in that state. So sometimes um, what might happen is it might get a bit worse for a bit and then it should start to improve. Um, I'd also say don't be afraid to knock a walk on the head or sorry, a can across on the head if it's not going well. Some days, like we have some days where we can't cope, some days your dog won't be able to either. And you'll know when you step out, you'll feel a bit anxious. Your dog will be already wired it'll be barking and lunging and you're thinking oh my god just quit and go home some days you have to do that um we did fred bless his bless his heart he'd had a busy day um a couple of days before and we went and we started our run and we hadn't gone i don't think 30 40 yards and i said no knock it on my head mm-hmm. he's not in the right frame of mind and don't be scared to do that at the end of the day it's about making sure it's right for, for you and your dog um and if it's not going well you're not going to enjoy it. It's going to damage your relationship with your dog. And it's also not going to help the dog because he's not going to have the positive association with it. All he's going to have is the negatives. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. It's, it's like to hold fire when it, it's not working. Um, I mean, we've, we've obviously had customers in the past that have been quite emotional um, after they've taken up the sport and found something at last that they can do with their dogs, um, especially if they've been obviously reactive and they've always avoided doing anything in a group situation it's amazing and all the dogs running together in the same direction I think they feel less threatened don't they um but obviously that's what you're doing day in day out and and we'll obviously be listing um you below down below in in our show notes um but I'm sure you must find your job really rewarding because you are you know helping people transform their feelings about their dog and, and what they can do together What's one of the most fulfilling aspects of being a dog fit trainer and bringing Canny Cross to um, your clients? I think it is it's exactly that. It's the fact that when you've got a troubled dog, a reactive, worried dog, your relationship is often very much damaged because you're always thinking, oh, what is that person thinking of me? I think they must think I'm a really bad dog owner. Oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. Oh, what if this happens? And you feel nervous and anxious. So generally, people tend to start, they don't realise it, they tend to start not liking their dog any longer. Um, and the thing that I love is I've had it a few times when people have said to me, I didn't realise how much I disliked my dog until I started coming to you. And now I absolutely love spending time with my dog. And I've got that love back for him that I'd lost. And I think that for me is a really big thing. And then, and then the bigger picture is then from that point, a lot of my clients then go on to do other dog sports as well alongside Canicross, such as agility or, or sort of, gun dog stuff um, and other sports that they can now take part in because their dog has learned that actually when they were out and they're working other dogs are not an issue to them that's lovely to hear I mean it actually got me thinking about I've um, volunteered with rescue dogs and it, that is totally the um, the outcome often with them is um, canny cross has really helped give them focus and um, helped as a training tool and it and, and there's been some really lovely heartwarming outcomes as a result because it's um it's helped lead to them getting adopted and um you know give them that focus so yeah it's lovely lovely to hear that so i'm i guess we're saying out there all those threads out there don't give up hope because we you know we know that it's a and don't ever doubt yourselves give it's about patience as well because it's not you're not always going to have a good day as you say um but it's about focusing on the positives and over time it will get easier and easier as you've just 
testified with your clients' examples that you've given. So, no, um, absolutely brilliant to hear. So, yeah, I just want to say thank you so much, Christine. There's so much we could talk about on this subject, but, you know, I think... um, I'm sure we'll probably catch up again on this, but I, I think there's been some real food for thought and I hope that from listening to this, people will, you know, certainly give Canny Cross a, a consideration if they're, you know, if they're unsure at the moment. So thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Christine. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Talk Canny Cross. We really hope that you've enjoyed it. But don't forget to hit subscribe so we can keep you up to date and let you know when the next episode comes out. Happy canny crossing.